As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. On the road, running moonshine, you own your own. You got to use your wits and, and your know-how, and you, you ain't, there ain't nobody on your payroll. <laughs> my name is Gary Mitchum Reeves. These are the stories of my life. From the time as a small lad sitting by the fireplace with my grandfather listening to his tales, to running moonshine on the back country roads of North Georgia, being wrongfully convicted of a murder. These are stories of family, love, of loss, of growing up too fast. Welcome to Mitchell. Let's roll. Well, Rome is in the corner of Northwest Georgia. We're right on the Alabama line, Floyd County. We're less than an hour or an hour from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then each county line coming into Rome, when you cross the county line, getting into Floyd County. Uh, Floyd County was wet for beer. So there was a county line beer joint in south part of town going toward Polk County. There was one in Cave Spring going toward center Alabama. One uh, in the Alabama Highway going toward Cedar Bluff, Alabama. And uh, 27 North had a county line beer joint. So. Each way in here, south, east, west, north, you had a county line beer joint. And then beer joints all in between. So each section of town or each section of the county, let's take the northeast section, uh, take the north section, going to 27 north. The next county is Chattooga County. That's Somerville, Georgia. That goes on up higher into the mountains. A lot of bootlegging, a lot of, lot of stills up in there. We knew several. We had one particular guy that made liquor up there that we furnished his liquor making material. And again, we didn't go to the still. 
we would, they would have a, uh, a location, a stash location to unload whatever was being going in and whatever was coming out. And you had people working at that steel for the man who owned it. You had uh, walkers, um, people who unloaded, loaded, you know, they had a crew working there. There, um, now south of Rome, 27 south, goes into Polk County. That is where Eastham Hill was. Notorious, well-known Eastham Hill. Back in the day, in Prohibition, Prohibition days, truckloads of liquor came out of Eastham Hill, going to Chicago, Detroit, all over the north. I'm big truckloads. And uh, Dink and I had a friend in Eastham Hill, and that's who we connected with when we were running liquor to Detroit. So each section, each area, and I'm just remembering different bootleggers. Uh, on the, in the Coosa area, there was, um, uh, again, another beer joint up there called the Narrows, and then they had a county line, and they were liquor makers in that, that area. That ran into Alabama. So you had liquor being made on the Alabama-Georgia line there, Man, it was just all over, it was flowing <laughs> in this area. Uh, and names are beginning to come back to me of people who were in the business. Again, I was a transporter. That was what I did. I transported. I transported mostly for Dean Causey, and I did make some runs for some other people occasionally. Now, in the city where you had uh, beer joints everywhere and then you had these private clubs and that's where you uh, would deliver bonded liquor to and a lot of those clubs was you go into and get whatever kind of drink you want scotch on the rocks or Manhattan whatever you drink you could, it's just like going into a bar in Atlanta but those were private clubs um, and that's where most of the officials would go. One in particular was the called the Chicken Club, and that was Kelly Ledbetter, who was a bootlegger. He was the one who was assassinated and is still an unsolved murder. Then in the city of Rome downtown, you had all the beer joints downtown. Uh, you had uh, in Clement, called Clemensville, in the south side of town was the red light district. A lot of prostitute houses there. Uh, I remember one particular street. You get on that street, had a red light for a porch light, prostitute house. I delivered liquor to those places. Uh, because they would sell, not only <laughs> would sell shots of moonshine, and they also had bonded liquor. So you could go there, have a drink, 
So I was in and out of all these places from a kid on up through my life. Mabel's prostitute house was in the east side of town off of Maple Street. She uh, was fairly well known, nothing like Peggy's, but she was fairly well known. And she had a pimp, uh, Tiny Nesbitt was his name. He drove a Cadillac Eldorados and he would hang out at a beer joint in South Broad that we used to hang out at. And did, you know, I delivered some liquor to her. I didn't do as much business with her as I did with Peggy. Uh, Peggy Sneed. Peggy's was the uh, in the North Rome area. And that was on the corner of First Street and Chambers Street. Now Chambers Street, you gotta remember, we were still segregated in the South back then. So the black section and the white section kind of joined on Chambers Street. And you had black bootleggers up there that I delivered liquor to them. And then you had the white bootlegger there who uh, sold some of the god awful liquor. Uh, it, God, it was terrible. <laughs> Man, uh, I never delivered it. He, he, he did his own liquor, and he was one wherever his stash location was, you don't mess with that one. So we were smart enough not to ever have to borrow any from him. <laughs> But he was close to uh, Peggy's. He had a son, had two sons, and they were good friends of mine. Uh, good guys, I mean, well, we got along fine. Um, one of them, bad fight, and he uh, he's the one that cut a guy named Wormy Chance. He cut him and flicks beer joint on Callahan Street, and Wormy had to walk up the beer joint holding his guts in where Cecil had cut him bad. Cecil was in a gun battle where a guy was killed and all that kind of stuff was just wild. But back to Peggy's, on the corner, nice, peaceful place. And whatever color Cadillac she had, she would dye her poodle dog the same color. So she had poodle dogs and they changed colors with cars. <laughs> I just remembered that, man. <laughs> and her house was yellow at one time, and it seems like she changed the color of it, but it was, uh, it was right on the corner of one of the roughest areas in North Rome, which was Chambers Street, and the corner of that in First Street. We lived just a couple of blocks away on up the hill on Nelm Street. Peggy's was well known. You could go there. She had a bar. I delivered bonded liquor to her. Uh, she was a businesswoman. She owned a lot of real estate and she employed a lot of people. There was a doctor in town that we all, in our world, if we got shot, cut, <laughs> beat up, we could go to him, sew you up, take the bullet out if he could, <laughs> and not report it. Uh, he liked to drink. So he was, he was in our crew. Now, <laughs> we, 
We had to have a we had to have mechanics, doctors, <laughs> all kind of people, and there was a particular deputy sheriff that was uh, on the payroll that would call when the raiding party was coming. But Peggy, uh, as far as she was a businesswoman, she took care of her women. They shopped on uh, Broad, at the finest stores on Broad at that time. Um, she kept them checked at the doctor constantly. And she had a nice place. You did not go in there and cause no trouble though. Um, she did have a bodyguard. And the Coca-Cola man would uh, stop there weekly and she had a Coke box there in the place. She had a cook that worked for her. Uh, just a nice, clean, well-known place. And I was in New York City one time, filling up fuel at somewhere at this section. I don't remember exactly where I was. Got to talking to the guy. He could tell I was from the South by the way I talk, I guess. Asked me where I was from, and I said, Rome, Georgia. Oh, I know about Peggy's. I think you could go anywhere in the world and run into somebody and they would tell you, hey, I've heard of Peggy's. But understand, you had the military bases close by. You had Dobbins Air Force Base in Cobb County down in Marietta. Then you had the uh, Army Base in Columbus, Georgia. So these military people would come from all around and go to Peggy's. Well, then when they transferred to wherever they went to, whatever part of the world they went to, he would talk about Peggy's. I sold her a diamond ring one time. <laughs> a nice diamond ring. And uh, actually, me and Dink sold it to her. Um, she paid us in $100 bills. I liked the style of Selling was cash and carry, whatever it was, whether it be liquor or whether you're getting paid for a diamond ring from Peggy. I'd have taken her check, but I'd rather have the cash. She knew that. There was, a, there was one period of time where I was probably at her place weekly, uh, bringing liquor in from Atlanta, and uh, bonded liquor in from Atlanta. And I can't remember when, I, when that kind of faded out. I don't remember exactly when that happened, but as I kind of faded out of the, that business, once I got that package store and I got into the tavern business, a lot of things changed for me. I still was delivering liquor and was still in the business, but uh, in different ways. But now, my pop, as I told you, she had a lot of rental houses. And pop was a good carpenter and painter, and he painted a lot of her houses, and I worked with him a time or two. I wasn't the man my pop was, I wasn't cut out for, I, I just couldn't do the work he did. I wasn't good at it, and he fired me anyway. 
<laughs> Once he fired me. I had uh, went in with a very bad hangover. And he just fired me. She was in business for a long time, man. I mean, this went back into the, uh, I don't know exactly when she got started in the business, but I know in my childhood days in the 50s, it was there, uh, sometime in the 40s, I think. But she, she wasn't connected with any of the criminals like the mob people, the Dixie mob that roamed around. She paid her protection through the sheriff to the judge. Uh, the judge that was, everybody was paying to back in that day. And I don't remember a time that sometimes they would, uh, people who paid for protection, like Mamie Brown, uh, Dink Cause's mother, they would have to raid them occasionally. And it wouldn't be the local people as much as it would be the, uh, the revenue was coming in, but there was a deputy sheriff on the payroll and he would make a call and say, raiding party coming. And most of the time we'd have time to hide your stash. Mamie had some trap doors at her place. Um, and I was, I was bootlegging some from home back then too. So when she got the call, I got the call. But now that didn't count on the road. On the road, running moonshine, yon yon. You gotta use your wits and, and your know-how and you, you ain't, there ain't nobody on your payroll. <laughs> One night, uh, not long after the incident at uh, our safe house, Bob Farmer's place. Uh, a week or so later, I still had the Buick, and uh, the Buick had been through some rough territory uh, during that time. There was a place called uh, the Boxside Mines up in the northeast section of town, and those rough, rough roads up there. I had been in a chase up through there and was uh, kind of, I should have went ahead and got rid of that car then, but I didn't. I'm driving along on 27 South coming into Rome. When I get into the city limits of Rome, uh, not long after I got into the city limits, they got in behind me and the chase was on. There was no following me for a little while. They knew the car. Uh, they got after me right away. I got through town and was trying to get, if I could, I knew if I could get to the Kingston Highway, I could get back in there and I could usually lose them. So this particular night, they were chasing me. So we're going on 1st Street. Now I live up 
close to Pecos, so I, I, but I was I couldn't go home. I mean, I got a load of liquor, trying to get to our stash location with the load of liquor. Well, I get up right at Peggy's, and as you start up that hill, the hood just flew off, man. I mean, it just flew off, busted, it busted the windshield when it went over, went over the top of the car, and landed right in front of Peggy's door. And it made a hell of a noise. So, uh, <laughs> I can imagine some of the customers in there that night, but um, I got away. I got to the Kingston Highway and I knew once I got to the Kingston Highway, uh, I could lose them, and I did. I made it to where uh, we unloaded, unloaded the liquor, and I didn't go back into the city. I didn't go back into uh, to town that night, I couldn't. I mean, you know, the car's hot, got a hood off of it. So I had to lay low. Um, I stayed that particular night, had a girlfriend in the area and laid low there. The next day I got uh, Dink and he followed me to a place where we buried cars in the northeast section of town. The places up there, those boxside mines, they don't have no bottoms. And bye-bye Buick. That's the same area that uh, we talked about in the Undisclosed podcast, where the guy um, they found his body in one place and his leg in another place. And I think that was a cop that was after him. And then that was the end of the 53 Buick. There would be no more runs in it. They was so much back then. They was car wrecks, car chases, gun battles, people shooting all, all over the place. It was just another typical night that cops was chasing somebody and just so happened this time that the hood flew off the car. And from all that area that I had been running that car in, it really should have had a Sherman's tank instead of what I was trying to use, but it was, it was done. I left Rome in 1970. And uh, that was the last of my liquor running days in Floyd County. So I, I faded away. Peggy's was still in operation. Well, I, I, after I got into the tavern business during those wild years, um, and I met Grace, I came back in 74, but I wasn't here long. I'd only been back a few months when I ended up in prison. And I don't remember if Peggy's was still there then or not. Uh, I know it was gone when I finally come back, getting out of prison. There, in that, in that area, there's a big church with a big parking lot. Uh, 
right there where Peggy's was. There's no sign of Peggy's. Actually, Peggy ended up moving, I do know this, she ended up moving in the Coosa area. I think she was still kind of in business there. Now they have a brewery here in Rome, uh, one of the taverns in Rome, and they have a beer that they brew here in Rome, and it's named Peggy's. Rome City Brewing Company, that's it. <laughs> Mitchum is produced, edited, and scored by Rob Gokey and Alice Productions. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MitchumPod, and there's a Mitchum Facebook page and a group for questions and discussions. If you like the podcast, we'd appreciate you taking a few minutes to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It means so much to the podcast and how it's discovered by other people. And if you don't have time for a review, it just takes a few seconds to give us a five-star rating. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions about the stories Mitchum's telling. He'd be happy to elaborate, and if we get enough of them, we'll do Q&A episodes as needed. And finally, Mitchum wouldn't be possible without Susan, Robbie, and Colin of the Undisclosed Podcast and the tireless people at the Georgia Innocence Project. Susan Simpson brought Mitchum's case to Undisclosed and shared it with the world, and we're forever grateful to all of them. We'll be back next week with a new episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.